Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. Thank you for joining. It's really great to have your company today. And I can assure you that by the end of this episode, you're really going to feel inspired to go out there and listen to new music, buy new music, play new music, whatever it is you want to do with music. I'm pretty sure you're going to feel pumped and ready to go and do something in your musical journey after this episode. But first, before we jump into the interview with Luke, we're now going to do a couple of album reviews, starting with Bibio's new album, and that's called Ribbons. Now, I've talked about Bibio before here on BPM Pod. It was someone I got into relatively late in the game, sort of end of 2018, after listening to BBC Six Music. And my old mentor is on there, Marianne Hobbs. She does a fantastic show, and she played this song by Bibio called Curls, which is on this album, Ribbons, and I absolutely loved it. And it was the track of the week in that episode that week, and I've now listed it in the Gear and More section off the website so check it out there if you want to give it a listen it's a beautiful dreamy acoustic track from a guy called bibio multi-instrumentalist from the midlands in the uk and his real name is stephen wilkinson now i've been a fan of bibio as i say quite recently i've not really delved into all of his back catalog but there's one album called a mineral love which is totally his best release in my opinion at least i think it's the most sort of disco funk oriented and it's the most toe-tapping, uh, sort of driven album, I guess. The most sort of bass, electronic driven album that he's done. And I really, really love that album. A couple of songs on there called Light Up the Sky and Town and Country are particularly notable. So this album, it's a bit more folky, a bit more acoustic. It sort of harks back to a kind of 60s, 70s West Coast singer-songwriter feel, which is by no means a bad thing. But it's not the sort of electronic drive that perhaps his other releases have but that doesn't mean that it's any less complete if anything this album probably is the most complete album that he has released it's the most sort of thematically similar album that he's released 16 tracks on the album running about 51 minutes uh, it can be a little bit long in the tooth uh, in some sections i have a feeling there were sort of three or four tracks that could have been cut and uh, the instrumental tracks become relatively similar after a while and while they do showcase his finesse in guitar picking and guitar playing and vocals and just layering of different instruments it does become a little bit repetitive and i do think that it could have been a tighter album had sort of four tracks maybe been cut out here and there but i still really do like the journey that you're taking on through this album it's got this wonderful lazy sunday afternoon dreamlike quality to it and it actually really reminded me of home sunlight on a sunday afternoon you know after you've been to sort of a pub for country lunch or something not that that happens very often but these images of yeah there's just lovely wholesome feel to the album very kind-hearted very genuine it's got this lovely i don't know just sentimentality to it and it really connects with you it's really lovely to listen to on a late night, which is how I first listened to it on vinyl through the headphones uh, one night, drinking a couple of beers and it really connected with me actually, and then I've listened to it since while eating breakfast and just in the background on headphones while walking and it's been great every single time, really really luscious tones to it by the way, if you buy it on vinyl, 
you can buy the special edition, which comes on purple vinyl. You get two plectrums with it and some pictures as well, like a film strip, an old film strip of some of the artwork used. Totally worth the money. One of the most beautiful albums I've bought on vinyl. It's wonderfully presented. Um, perhaps the only thing... Perhaps the only thing missing is a sort of lyric inlay that would have been nicer to take out rather than have the lyrics on the back of the sleeves. But it's a really, really beautiful album. And uh, to listen to, to look at, to... Yeah. It's a really, really beautiful album to listen to and to look at. It's a lovely, delicate balance of folk and pop. And it's definitely worth a spin. So check it out. That's Bibio with Ribbons. The next album that we're going to talk about is Forget Me Not by Adrian Tonsonu. I've never seen you happier than tonight. Now, I've probably said that wrong because the last name is a sort of French sounding name. Tonsenu. 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 T O N C E A N U. Adrian is what I call him, and he's a lovely guy, absolutely fantastic guy. We shared the bill on a gig recently at a bar called Radler's in Berlin. I played a live set of about 45 minutes, and Adrian and I sort of split the bill uh, there. And it was really fantastic to hear him. Uh, He's a fantastic guitar player, a really good rhythm guitar player, really solid, keep you in the, you know, a player that you want to keep in your pocket, as they say, like someone who can stay in the pocket, which is really, really great. But he also can rip out these fantastic riffs as well. Very charming guy. And he gave me this download code for his album. I was like, yeah, talk about it if you want. And I was like, do you know what? I think I might. So Forget Me Not is the album. It's his fifth release, uh, continuing his, his catalogue of acoustic-led folk rock hits. Here, ten songs run over about 40 minutes. And they're very sort of similar in style throughout. It's got this acoustic-driven uh, sound definitely that really shines through there's a lot of chorus on the vocals and on the guitar there's also a lot of harmonized guitar uh, effect so you know it sounds like there's two or three guitars playing at once when really it's just one and the melodies are mimicked in different ways or adapted in different ways but what i really really like about this album is how lyrically involving it is there's a lot to unpack here uh, there's a lot going on a lot of the songs are about angst or love or fear. It's very thoughtful and thought-provoking in that sense and definitely brings out some some of the influences from sort of James Taylor or even Jackson Brown or something like that. It really has this confessional songwriter quality to it. It is, as I say, quite heavy on the acoustic guitar across all of the songs, perhaps a little bit too much in places. It would sometimes be nice to have a more distorted guitar taking the forefront, maybe than the acoustic Um, however I can see why you would opt to lead with the acoustic I think if you led with a distorted reverb laden guitar through most of this it would sound relatively generic rock whereas the acoustic guitar gives a bit more expression a little bit of difference and yeah just some nuance really and you can tell uh, if you line this up against another release that it was from Adrian even if it was someone with a different voice so that's kind of cool and the heavy use of chorus on most of the songs really evokes this 60s, 70s uh, Beach Boys kind of 
vocals, which I really like. The opening track, Till Tomorrow, is still probably my favourite. It really showcases Adrian's electric guitar qualities with lead, these cool solos here and there, and then his good rhythm playing as well. Um, Wind Beneath is another one I'd like to point out. It's a very typical blues song, but it reminds me most of something by sort of Joe Walsh and the James Gang. It's got quite a high amount of chorus and the guitar again, and uh, use of distortion as the sort of main drive, and then these really nice harmonised vocals behind. is a sort of thought-provoking album and quite a thoughtful, sentimental album, but that doesn't mean it's without wit or charm. Adrian really manipulates his voice and styles it in weird ways sometimes to add a bit of personality to the lyrics, which is great. I do think that some of the songs are quite repetitive and it does hit its stride pretty quickly. Uh, the first sort of three, four songs are stellar songs. Very, very solid, very consistent and I do think it maybe dips into repetitiveness around the middle. Um, House on the Hill and Nina, I think, are the weakest points on the album. They're not by any means bad in any way. Um, and if they are your weakest points on your release, you've still got a pretty solid release. Um, and luckily, Adrian's got a good voice that pulls you through um, most of the songs. Anyway, even if you're not so interested, he has this fantastic, like, almost glam rock, like, ballad rock deep uh, voice on a lot of it and I don't mean that in a bad way if I say it's like a commercial rock sort of voice I don't mean that as a negative at all if anything I mean it's quite accessible and it's a voice that is his and isn't one that tries to fake a London accent or something like that which I really really dislike these days overall a really really solid addition to any sort of folk rock collection and it's one that Adrian should certainly be proud of. Very, very glad to have shared the bill with him and uh, see him live. And I can attest that a lot of these sounds are replicated live very well, even though, you know, it's just him, solo acoustic. So that's Adrian, uh, Adrian's album, Forget Me Not. It's available digitally and on vinyl. You go to his website and there'll be a link in the episode description. But now it's time to get into the main meat of the episode. This week we talk funk, we talk soul, we talk dance, we talk love, we talk loss, we talk all the usual things we really talk about here on BPM Pod, but we do it with a bit of a French twist, a bit of a French, German, Austrian, English twist. And it's quite an interesting story that Luke Andre is about to tell you as he discusses the history behind his band and the inspirations behind his band Un Anna Gumflable. And uh, you can check them out online, and I definitely recommend that you do so. But to tell you a little bit more, here is Luke Andre introducing himself and then his band a little bit later on. And it was just a great chat, and I really hope that by the end of this episode you're inspired to go out and make your own music that doesn't conform to the norm. So... Hi everyone, um, I'm Luc. I'm, I'm a French guy that moved to Berlin seven, eight years ago. 
mainly to make music. Uh, I did uh, a gap year, was in Austria before working as a journalist. And I uh, was 30 and I decided hey, that's now the moment to try to do music because you always wanted to. Uh, uh, to do an album, uh, it was really important. You did music on the side, but then just you just study and work. And mm. now it feels right to try. Mm. And uh, it took me a couple of years to bring the people together uh, that are now uh, the band Anand Gonflab mm. and to produce our first album that was released uh, early 2018. I wanted to do... Uh, guitar music but with a dancey feel and try to bring different influences into the music uh, funk, afrobeat, rock because I'm much like a we socialize more with uh, 90s rock and 2000s rock music but also with kind of pop and funk and I uh, wanted to bring that all in uh, it was like the main focus also to have a uh, an interesting uh, interplay between the guitars. Uh. Is a shadow self-guarding a mind. Is a shadow laying next. When maybe made my first band, uh, remember we had like a quite this rigid hierarchy between the guitarists. You are like the, mm. the cool one, the lead yeah, guitarist, yeah. and you had like a, the beginner that was doing the rhythm stuff. Yeah. And um, I found in some bands they have a, they have a a more interesting solution for that interplay for example the strokes that are mm. uh, a band I like uh, a lot and well, that, that's what that was the idea uh, to bring all these influences together and to bring uh, what I had on my computer since years into reality mm-hmm. so you, this is your full time thing now jumping into music or do you balance this with a real job in inverted commas no no um, I had this one year when I took classes again and I tried and I no- I've noticed that in Berlin it's quite difficult to uh, to make a living out of music My even God. if you are like a real professional yeah and I was not I mean I had to acknowledge I was willing to uh, to do music but I'm not a professionally trained musician no. So I, I got back to uh, to my work as a journalist but as a freelancer, having a lot of time to put uh, in my musical project. Mm-hmm. So you say you're not a trained musician, but how long have you been playing uh, guitar? And You play guitar and flute, right? Cl- or clarinet, clarinet, even, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I started with four or five uh, with music, so quite early. Mm. So I have a basic training, but uh, if I compare with the people I'm playing with, they mm. have a proper training. They've been to university, they're, they studied their instruments. Um, but that was not my uh, my. Um, I didn't thought. I didn't think about it when I was uh, younger because I was good at school, so I just went this way. Um, and in terms of, of composition, I've we had uh, sometimes talks with former member of uh, of the bands that were trained. That say, oh, you cannot do that. This melody, these mm. chords are not going together. And I, it's an approach I totally refuse. Mm. I'm composing mm. um, by the ear. I'm just trying things. It's not organized. It's slow because I'm trying a lot of different things to see, oh, actually, there's an interest, interesting melody here or there's an interesting chord progression, but I don't know the rules.
tell us about the other band members because there are four people in the band, right? True. Yeah. So there's you on vocals, guitar, and flute, and um, clarinet. And yeah. clarinet. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why do I keep saying flute? They're not even related. <laughs> like I even you don't even hold them or play them the same way, idiot. Clarinet, guitar, and vocals. Then we have uh, Peter on bass. Uh, is our uh, our sound magi- magician uh, as well? <laughs> Uh, is a uh, sound engineer by training. Uh, he's doing also uh, acoustics. He's working in the field of acoustics, but he has a sound engineer, engineer background. Are uh, some mixing engineer, live engineer, sound engineer. He played bass in punk bands in the eighties, oh, wow. and so we have like a very broad experience uh, of sounds and how to to record, to mix, and to save our asses when you are in a shitty location and mm. the uh, and the PA is not working. He have he has a solution. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's like Peter. The, it's like this the first guy I met uh, to bring uh, to bring in, in into the band. Mm. Then we have Dan. Uh, that's uh, playing drums. Mm. Uh, he's also playing in a couple of uh, other projects in Berlin. He's playing, for example, for the punk band Terrorgruppe. If we have to. Drop name. No, I don't know. I mean, are, drop the name. I'll drop the name. Why I don't know. I, I mean, he's so very, like, so very talented, uh, talented, talented guy, uh, bringing discipline and hard uh, uh, feedback sometimes mm-hmm. uh, in the process, but we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Boris that's doing the lead guitar, he's coming more from the jazz background. Mm-hmm. And he uh, recently he, he met the, he joined the band a couple of months ago mm. as a previous guitarist had to uh, uh, to go to another town they had different projects more important for him to this time so uh always like it's uh, the newest member when I'm Band influences. You've already mentioned the Strokes, who are, who are great, and the Whitest Boy but, Alive. Well, that's the one I wanted to get into, okay. right? Because the Whitest Boy Alive, I remember listening to when I was at university because they disbanded in like 2014 or something like that. I think they haven't been around for a while now. I'm not sure. Maybe they broke up or whatever. But I remember listening to them a lot. And you are the first person I have ever spoken to who knows who the fuck they are, like ever. I have never met anyone who even knows who they are. It's a very Berlin band, actually. It's like Scandinavian guys meeting yeah. in, a, in a rehearsal room and yeah. say, "Hey, let's do a, let's do a band." Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I came across them. I've just the two records they they published. You said they did uh, what rules and, and then the one before fire or uh, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but I know they only did two, and I, I have them both at home, but. I tried to give the CDs away even at like a record store to exchange them for money or something. And they were like, who the fuck is this band? Like, we've never heard of them. I was like, wow, has no one heard of this band before? Is it just me? But you are someone else who has. But like, what is it about their style you really like, though? Like, about I, their I music? like uh, the, um, the groove they have in their songs. I mean, it's, it's, it's not dense music, but it actually it's dense totally f- Danceable, yeah. and yes, the very sympathetic voices. Um, you have the groove, this very Fender-like guitar sounds, uh, the melancholy in the sounds, and the the joyful groove. Mm. I like these mm. contrasts. Mm. Um, and when you see them on stage, the guys 
uh, so uh, nice presence and it brings uh, a lot of uh, sympathy mm. in the audience mm. um, which makes them really interesting mm. and they're mm. just three you know, it's, it's, the, the music is quite full but uh, they are just three uh, yeah. I like also the uh, the uh, the guitar is play, I mean it's it's actually not what we're doing maybe we're uh, is singing or playing guitar it's mm. uh, but it's not disturbing you don't need all the music all the time all the possibility of the possibility mm. at the same time mm. and they mm. do it really well they were dedicated talented musician it's a it's a pity that they did only two albums i would have loved to hear yeah. more from them i mean the guy is he has a solo a very interesting solo career yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> but it was just i remember them as a band and i remember listening to one off their first album was called golden cage and that was a great song and then there was a single off of rules which was fantastic i think it was called 1517 or something like that which was also really fantastic and that whole album i really like a lot and I did think when you sent over your information and songs and things and it said The Whitest Boy Alive and I started listening to it, I was like, yeah, I can actually see that. But I don't know if he knows who The Whitest Boy Alive are. Then I read it and I was like, oh my God, he really does know who they are. Like, this is the first person I've ever seen. Like, who knows them? But I think you can definitely hear them in the stuff you do. Would that be fair to say? Do you think that that's... Uh, an inspiration you take with you through most of the music you write. Um, yeah, sure. Um, that's then. I, I, I know I really like what they do, and it's not I'm trying to imitate, but maybe it's coming just the flow. It's like uh, when you take like uh, the, the strokes. I know that I, that I will having uh, some guitar parts that's just sending the sounding the same because just like the power and the sound mm. you know mm. so yeah it will be fair to say uh that's we're trying to bring it into the our music yet mm. but it's hard to say that across all of the album because the album came out last year and i've given it a listen to and no two songs on there quite sound the same <laughs> like they're all quite different that's true how did this album come about Exactly, because it's really a, re not a weird mix, but a real mix of melodies and chords, and some songs go in different directions, some songs are more funk, some songs are more sort of dance-based. How did all of this come around? Uh, it's the outcome of um, a couple of years of work all together, and um, trying to, yeah, to bring something out. Uh, we, we did like an EP before. Um, but for some purposes, it was not enough. So we say, okay, what what do we have? Then okay, we have some more songs we play live, and then let's record them and bringing uh, bring them to to record. And you have also the uh, the language is also different between mm. songs. So mm. that's yeah. also another uh, aspect that um, make it like a kind of weird mix, but kind of a diverse. Uh, uh, set of songs yeah um it's also because i like different things so i cannot be only uh one 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 style of music the whole way through it's also when you go to a concert and come to concerts and the bands are playing 15 songs in the same style you get bored mm -hmm. so it's also uh uh giving back what i what i like to hear mm -hmm. There are two songs on the album I really, really liked. Well, I liked a lot of them. And one was about, I think it's a character from Californication, right? Mm -hmm. 
Is yeah. that was it Hank Hank Moody? Hank Moody, isn't it? Mm. I've never seen Californication ever, so I really didn't understand it to be honest. But I have a friend who absolutely loves that show, like really, really loves it. What does it mean? Explain to me now. People will probably know this and laugh at me, but what does it mean to walk like Hank Moody or like be like him? Just like to, um, it's somebody in pain first. Yeah? It's, a, it's a character that uh, is losing the girl is loving just because he's fucking around. He cannot stop to fuck around. Mm. Uh, and while he's seeing he's losing her, he cannot help losing her. Mm. Um, so that that was like the comparison I drew to uh, to build my character for 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 the song. As mm. just he, it won't work to uh, to try to get this person back while you stay the one you you are. Mm. You have to change something more uh, important in your behavior. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was the main idea, and I, I quite like this show. I, in all of it and I really like the music also in the uh, in the trailer mm-hmm. um, it was a, it's not exactly an inspiration for the song but uh, it's something I remember I, I remember also oh it's it's a great show and I've got a great music which is not always the case But the two I really liked on there were Strawberry Sunday, I really liked. That's a super good song. Tell us about how that came around. How did, how did that sort of writing process happen? Oh, it's also another girl story, I guess. Okay. Um, I, when I moved to Berlin, a, a couple of weeks later, I was in Greece for a week of vacation. And... I was alone, I was uh, doing vacation on my own, and I met a group of Erasmus students on the seaside, and there was a girl from Latvia, mm-hmm. uh, which, we, which, with, which with I took the whole evening, and we stayed in contact, and a couple of months, or maybe it was one and a half year later, she moved to Berlin, and... Yeah, I was trying to seduce her, and I, th- I thought, uh, hey, we, we had something uh, we wanted something similar mm. and i've noticed i was totally wrong she was uh, I, I thought we had like an appointment and she never came she uh. just set me up i don't know why you, you do it correctly in, in english uh, she just don't she just don't uh show up she well, stood you up yeah yeah and i was uh, very disappointed and I think I wrote the text like in half an hour just out of pain and out of disappointment yeah. and, and then um, that's there yeah, for, for, the, for the text it was just like I, I, actually I didn't uh, notice actually who you are it was not you were not interested you are something mm. I don't know uh, you just gave me a, a face to see and uh, maybe you are another person mm. um, so there was like the basic the basic idea and for the musical parts, uh, yeah, I wanted to have uh, a guitar that express rage mm-hmm. and another one that's more more, more dancey mm-hmm. uh, to, mm-hmm. to bring this 
contrasted feelings um, into the music and to make it an enjoyable stuff to hear as well mm. um, not moaning on a s- slow BPM how do you replicate this live so you you play live as a band right yes. uh, do you gig very often uh, we did more in the past uh, with the musician changes in the band we did only three shows last year okay and um, now we have a, a small uh, small break until March or April and we are looking for spring and summer to play again uh, in Germany in Berlin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not we're not we had not like a very tight schedule in the last months and mm-hmm. we hope it will get better in mm-hmm. 2019 but what about recording music then because you released this uh, album and then an EP before that do you have ambitions to do more uh, we are uh, mixing new stuff uh, in Britain now actually um, we had more song than the 10 we put on the album and we made choices and now when we after releasing the album after weeks months later we had another listen to the stuff we had put aside and two songs are actually to tell you more than okay so mm. we re-record some stuff and say hey let's have let's have a release 2019 as well Mm -hmm. it's also because the new mean of promote music uh, have changed now Mm -hmm. it's better it's a better option to do single maybe because uh, when you go to the spotify platforms and the same and and so on uh, to have a chance to go into the playlists uh, it's better if you go song by song then you can propose every song Mm -hmm. uh, through their online tool if you have an album, you have to pick one song. Yeah. It's just very what we what we did for uh, the album. We, we decide, okay, we we go for Strawberry Sunday uh, as the opener, and we try to go with this one. Hmm. But it, it's a hard choice when you have ten songs. You liked all of them, so yeah, exactly. and you can think, oh, maybe three or four are very strong, and we 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 want to send them, but hmm. you have only one chance. Hmm. So that's what the idea. And then I'm still writing songs, uh, so I hope we. Uh, we will uh, record again this year. Uh, we have a studio, so it's quite easy uh, to do it, which makes sometimes the work a bit uh, longer than necessary because you have no financial pressure. Hmm. Hmm. You can record, you can mix. Uh, the, 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 the person I'm working with are doing also mixing, recording, mixing, mastering. So it's, it's a big chance uh, uh, for us. Hmm. Um, with the downside that um, sometimes you could work more effectively, or you had to, you would have to work more effectively mm. if you have to pay everything. Yeah, definitely, of course. Um, it's quite nice to have lots of different roles, I guess, in that band, so you can kind of do it yourself a little bit and take more time. Because when you do pay, like like you say, you have the pressure of money looming over you. There's only so much money you could spend on on this. So you mentioned it there quickly about. Uh, releasing singles and how that goes onto Spotify. What do you think are the best ways to sort of promote your music today? Because I mean, just sticking things on Spotify, unless it gets picked up by a playlist, it probably isn't going to do very much otherwise. No, uh, I mean, if uh, you have the chance to get into one of their playlists, uh, it's uh, uh, it's Las Vegas. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. um, but uh, what I've been trying to do uh, the last months is also to try to contact 
private uh, playlist owners, mm. which can be very disappointing as well. Mm. You have uh, very dedicated guys that's doing for a fair price. There are different platforms that enable that. And you have also people taking advantage of the situation because they show you, hey, look, I have 100,000 followers on my account. Mm. And you've you noticed that after they accept your song, that's, it was played 20 times in two weeks and say, okay, you got robots and that's not real followers. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of hazards mm. for a musician doing all on their own uh, aside from the usual channels mm. or more mm. professional channels. Um, but that's still a way I would use to promote. Um, I would still uh, write to blogs uh, and traditional media. We used uh, that uh, for for the campaign, and it's still important, even if it's not bringing a lot of clicks on your videos uh, to have a, a small text in an Italian music uh, outlet. Then. It's still good to have when you ask for for gigs or for festivals. Say, hey, look, I had uh, this in Spain, this in Italy, here in mm -hmm. Germany. It's worse when it's worse, but um, when you don't have it, you don't have it. Yeah, yeah. It's tiring though, right? Like, do yeah, true. It's super tiring. That's the only thing. But I guess you know you've got to work hard at this stuff, and hopefully, just it will make a make a sort of break. I guess, but. That's we hope. Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> but there we go. Um, what are the next sort of aims and ambitions then for the band? So to release more music is definitely one, and to tour a bit. But where do you see the band in, say, a year's time? Uh, where I wish it to see. Um, it's to have, to have it like having more uh, regularly gigs in Berlin and in Germany uh, as a whole. And... Um, yeah, having a more, more routine because um, if you're doing all on your own as we do it, sometimes then you get three, five gigs in a row uh, and it's already a lot uh, if you have to organize all the people because yeah. they have all the projects that pay the bills. Uh, mm. So you have to organize all the people that's all synchrone. They can mm. do this three, four, five shows you want to do. Uh, and it would be nice to have more uh, the routine when uh, you can say, hey, it's working so you have more time for us. Mm. That mm. would be really nice. And it brings us also uh, the possibility to go more into a different thing for the stage performance. That's what we would like to do this year as well, mm. is to work on uh, more choreography um, beyond the music. And mm. that's, that's something, you, it's worth it if you play more because... Uh, uh, it's also work that's not just writing song, playing song, recording song. It's also like working on, on the movement and what you bring on stage for, for to have like an enjoyable moment on stage for the audience. Mm. So it's it's nice when we, if you can, can reach uh, that, that would be uh, great. I I would have nothing to uh, against playing also in France as we have. Um, like several song in French or, or in French and German. That's uh, also a thing that I'm still doing. I'm working on a new new song, and it came automatically to have this bilingual sometime because it's yeah, that's also me mm. uh, after all these years here. So, where can people find out more about you and about the band and all of these things you've got going forward? Where is the best place to find information? 
Um, you can find us on our homepage. That's unnineconflab.com. Uh, 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 I'm correctly. Gonna, it's like I'm going to spell it out. Don't worry. When I put this up, it's so like, don't worry. U N minus A N E minus G O N F L A B E dot com. But maybe there's a, there's a, a web page with the podcast and where we yeah we there is so it. then we can just write it <laughs> there and link to it it's not a problem but your website is the yeah. best place to find uh, stuff out yeah we have like uh, the different songs linked from the platform uh, into our homepage uh, videos are there song texts photos um, yeah basically it's where you can find us you can find us as well also uh, on the different social medias traditional uh that's uh everybody's using yeah uh to find the the current news uh about what we do where we play um yeah that's that will be the uh, the the most effective way to learn where we play next yeah what's the what's the new song And that's it for this week's edition of BPM Pod. Thanks again for joining. If you do want to listen to more of the episodes, this is 16 episodes in now, they're all available on bpmpod.com. There you can catch up with everything. There's also a mailing list on bpmpod.com. Put in your email, you'll get an email or two every month to show when the new episode is out. And that's really it. There'll be no spam here. We don't sell your details to anyone else. So go in there, stick in your email address. You'll be the first to know when a new episode is out. And I hope to uh, hope to get in touch with you soon. That would be really great if you could join the community there. Speaking of communities, you can go to Facebook as well, at BPM Pod. It's also on Instagram. You can follow there. I'll post a few pictures every now and then of new guests and uh, new things we got coming up. New albums I like, new places I'm going, new gigs I've been to. There's a lot of stuff that I share on there and it'll be really great to get in touch with you there as well. And don't forget, last but not least, this episode is available across iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Acast and a countless other suppliers, really, of podcasts online. And if you do like this episode, take the link, share it with a friend who might also like it and uh, spread the word. And I'd be eternally grateful for that. But until next time, stay lucky. Thank you very much for joining and I'll speak to you soon.